If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anna and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. DeAndre Hopkins is being suspended six games for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing drug policy. The Cardinals have known about the suspension. I believe it contributed to the fact that they traded for Marquise Brown on draft night. But Kyler Murray is losing his top weapon on the offensive side of the football. Now, they did re-sign and bring back A.J. Green, and they do have Rondell Moore, and they did trade for Marquise Brown. But they're going to be without DeAndre Hopkins now for the first six games of the season. That is official. That'll be announced at a later date. But DeAndre Hopkins no longer will be a part of this football team for the first six games, Laura. Well, that is Adam Schefter, and that's the big news out of the NFL today. I mean, why can't receivers stay out of the news cycle in the NFL? This one a little bit different, but... I remember when Houston sent DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona and, like, what a steal that was for the Cardinals. And then you had the Hail Mary, and you had really good play. And then last year, Hopkins gets hurt. And now this year, he's suspended. I mean, is it as bad a move now for Houston as as we once thought as this thing has played out? I mean, it still felt like a silly deal at its face value. And that Arizona got a steal. But what's Arizona done? Arizona hasn't done anything with Kyla Murray and, and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, they looked awful in a playoff game. They, I, I just don't know the value that Hopkins has really afforded the Arizona Cardinals so far since he got over there, Casey. Yeah, like I hear what you're saying, but in the grand scheme of things, all they got in return was Ross Blacklock. Like, that, that's really all they got. Like, David yeah. Johnson played a little bit and didn't do much. They got a fourth-round pick that they then traded – so you pretty much traded Ross Blacklock for DeAndre Hopkins. Like, has it worked out for Arizona? Not really, but honestly, it was pretty low risk at the time. So, yeah, I still think Arizona Arizona won. I understand the point you're making. Like, what have they done with it? Nothing. That's a bigger problem. But, yeah, no, they, they still made the right move, in my opinion. And, and now, you know, the Hollywood Brown move, they obviously knew this was coming. So they go get him. Christian Kirk obviously departs. Um this could really hurt Arizona. I mean, you, you, I think Hopkins is still very good. I, I don't. I mean, he got hurt last year. Now he's going to miss six games. Now you're talking about a lot of time in between playing, so that always worries me. But he's still a terrific player, and they need him to be successful, especially in that division, Casey. I mean, this could be a big blow for an Arizona team that looked like it was really trending, and now all of a sudden it's like, Kyler, is he really going to be there long term? Is he good enough, as good as everybody thinks he is? And then also... What are you getting out of Hopkins? And now you got no Kirk. Like, I think there are question marks in Arizona, especially given the strength of that division that maybe they didn't anticipate coming uh, maybe some 6, 12, 18 months ago. Yeah, it's kind of a sp scary spot for Arizona to be. I will tell you this, Kyler Murray, um, you know he's had an interesting offseason, we've heard. Like, will he show up? I really wouldn't show up to training camp now. You got no yeah. receiver. Like, you got Hollywood Brown, I understand, is a very good player. Uh, A.J. Green is uh, old. Um, you know, they still have a kind of pretty good team. You also lost Chase Edmonds. So if I'm Kyler Murray now, I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm really not showing up. That, I mean, you, it's, it's a bad spot for the Cardinals, absolutely. Now, it looked like things got smoothed over a little bit. They picked up the fifth-year option, didn't they, on Kyler Murray? They did, yes. Yeah, so that means they're going to try to work on something, which is kind of what we just 
saw, well, from a tag standpoint with Cam Robinson, couldn't pick up the fifth-year option. He was the second-round guy. So, um, you know, we'll see We'll see where it goes with Kyle Murray. I feel like he's still their quarterback of the future. I mean, it's just funny how some of these organizations, Jacksonville is one of them. Back in 17-18, it's like, okay, they might be going somewhere. Boom, crash down. Chicago might be going somewhere. Boom, crash down. Arizona looks like, wow, man, that's a nice-looking roster out there. Right? I mean, Kyle Murray, first half of last year where they 8-0, yeah. and, and he's MVP candidate. And now if you go back to, like, November on, it's been not very fun for the Arizona Cardinals. So I don't know if they're good enough to turn it around, what else they'll do to turn it around, but I don't really feel that good if I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan right now. Again, you're, you're living with the Super Bowl champs in that division. Uh, Seattle's not a problem right now, but San Francisco could be a problem for years to come. Yeah. So it's a, it's funny how quick the league changes, I guess, is my point. And Hopkins doesn't help this out right now. Six games isn't the entire year, but six games in that division gets you in a lot of trouble early on. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it's a whirlwind for the Cardinals fans, and now you start to wonder, you know, if this doesn't work out, what happens to Cliff Kingsbury? Because there's no doubt they've underachieved when it matters the most. Yeah, uh, they have. Uh, let's go back to the Jaguars, really breaking down um, their draft and, and really perception reality. I, I, I said this at the top of the show. You can always go back and listen to Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 podcast. Subscribe to it also on our YouTube channel. But – I think there's this thought that the Jags didn't do enough. It's, it's a debatable thought. Did they do enough on offense? Did they do enough around Trevor? My view is they have 14 new starters if you look at this team. Offense, defense, you look at everybody. Some of them are kind of promotions from within, like the Ben Barches and potentially even a Walker Little. So they potentially could have 14 new starters. So A lot of them from the outside, like 10 of them I think I counted from the outside. And then there's even like an ETN who's going to obviously play and he didn't last year. But 14 out of, like, 22, 23, if you count the Darius Williams and the nickel spot as almost a starter, that's a lot. They have done a lot to to change this team. But coming off the draft, there's still this lingering thought, narrative of, did they do enough? Did they do enough to help Trevor out? And as you look at that top part of the draft, what did people want them to do different? Do you think they'd feel better instead of getting Lloyd if you got Linderbaum? Do you think you'd be better if you sat at 33 and got Christian Watson as a receiver? Do you think you'd feel better at 65 or 70 if you had added receiver there, even though they might not even crack the top three of your receiving core? Because you're really talking about like the 20th best receiver in the draft at that point. So I guess I'm trying to feel that like that from a temperature standpoint, what would have made the Jags fans feel better? Or is it simply, Casey, if they had picked Aiden Hutchinson instead of Walker, would people feel better? Yeah, I think that's always going to be a question until, you know, we see the proof on the field. But, yeah, I think there's there was something left to be desired at one, and I think that would make people feel better. But I guess where I'm coming from, you know, what happened at one happened at one. Like, I... I became okay with it long before the pick was made because that's all we heard about for a while, even though I didn't. I wanted them to pick Kevon Thibodeau. I really, really like what they did with Devin Lloyd, so I would not have rather them sit there and kind of uh, wait at 33 or let it play out. So I like that, and I made peace with what happened at one. I, uh, uh, it just goes back to I don't love what happened in the middle rounds, I guess. If you have a plan with Muma, I can get on board. I understand what you're trying to do. You need a center. I get that. But the frustration that I have is just what happened in the middle rounds. 
because you didn't do anything other than to get a center to help Trevor Lawrence. So that's where I'm at. I think a lot of people feel a certain type of way at one. I think everyone has an opinion on it. But for me, it comes in the middle rounds, which probably isn't that big a deal, and I'm making a bigger deal than it is. But that's just how I feel about it. Yeah, and again, I do think, I mean, if anybody just saw the name of a wide receiver, I think people would probably feel a little bit better about it just because it was like, oh, we're helping Trevor. Great. Well, they did help Trevor. They got Luke Fortner. Now, whether it's the right pick or not, I don't know. But they did. They helped the offensive line and the potential starting center for them. They just did it maybe in a different spot. Um, But they did help Trevor. Like, let's not – the narrative of they didn't help Trevor at all is not true. First of all, they did in free agency. And secondly, they did at center with Fortner. Now, did they do it adequately? Did they make the right moves? I mean, that certainly will will play out and be debatable. Uh, No doubt about it. Uh, Devin Lloyd seems like the favorite pick and maybe the favorite move of the offseason. Like, I can't get too many people that don't like it. They love this guy. Um, I love this guy. Had a chance to catch up with him on Saturday at Jags headquarters. Uh, one-on-one with Devin Lloyd, the 27th overall pick in the 2022 NFL Draft out of Utah. First impressions here coming in after a decent night's sleep. It's beautiful. Um, I've never actually seen the stadium or been in Jacksonville in person. You know, from what I've seen, you know, it's beautiful, but to actually be here, um, you know, I mean, everything is what I expected. And, I mean, the people I've met, you know, in the building so far have been great. Do you start looking at this roster, the depth chart, where you might fit and why they might have picked you and how, how you could be used? Yeah, um, you know, they're talking about it a little bit. Um, ultimately, you know, I'm just worried about, you know, doing being the best teammate I can be, being the best player I can be for my team. And whatever's asked of me, I'm, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it to the best of my abilities. You can do a lot of things. Uh, do you have to be careful to try to do too many things here uh, as you adapt to the NFL? You know, um, for me, it's just all about being available um so for me i don't think you can do too much you know i think you know a lot of people would primarily want to focus on one position but i just like being on the field i like playing ball and you know wherever i'm at you know i'm enjoy it do you if you were kind of picking and drafting uh how would you use devin Lloyd? um pretty similarly to what i did at college um rushing the passer a lot but still planning a lot of you know coverage as well being able to play the run I mean as somebody who you can't really predict where he's going to be because you can move him around wherever and he can uh, play wherever this uh, moment this last couple of days uh, you your story is well documented uh, obviously from mom and dad to teammates and your experience at Utah can you feel all that can you feel everything that you've been through to get to this point yeah definitely the last couple of days um, I felt it and I've been thinking about it talking it with you know my loved ones and I mean, really just going over everything that it took to, I mean, be standing right here, like, it's still pretty surreal. I'm, you know, I'm home. You know, my name's right there. Like, you know, I'm, you know, I know I'm a Jag now. And so um, everything that it took to get to this point, all the work, all the sacrifices for myself, the people around me, um, you know, we, we definitely talked about it. And, I mean, we're just grateful that everything's turned out the way it has. You could have come out last year. Uh, was it worth sticking around? It definitely was worth sticking around. I, I learned a lot. I grew a lot. Um, I mean, that last year was a year I'll never, I will, will never forget. And so um, I'm grateful for my experiences. What do you do now? What's next? Uh, this has been yeah. a build-up, build-up, build-up. Have you even thought about what would come after the draft? Yeah, I just knew that whatever organization I went to, they were going to get everything I had. And so that's what they're, that's what they're going to get from me. And as soon as I can get in that playbook, you know, I'm going, you know, head first into it. I'm just everything I can to be the best player I can be come game one. One last one. Uh, you can feel you. You can feel a, a maturity about you, a leadership uh, quality that everybody talks about. Um, 
Can you bring that pretty quickly to the NFL, or do you have to be the young pup now that other people bring along? I definitely want to come in and, you know, just, just lead how I've been kind of at the same time. You do that by earning the respect, uh, respect of your teammates and the people in the organization, and respect is earned, not given, so that takes time. Um, so for me, I'm just going to come in, handle myself the way I've been handling myself, and hopefully that earns that respect and that gives me the leeway to, to lead others. I'm not sure you'll be allowed to pick up Peterson like you picked up the commission. <laughs> we just talked about that. I think I might have to get my legs in it a little bit more, but um, hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happens, right? Whatever maybe maybe happens. after winning some football games. You yeah, yeah. You know, after we win a Super Bowl, we dump them, then I'll pick them up there. <laughs> <laughs> Did the rookie just call Peterson a little maybe heavier than the commission? You know, I sounded that way a little bit. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe not the best plan, but okay. I, I don't know if Doug is listening to the show like the old coach used to listen to the show. But oh if he does, might, might be some extra gassers in there for Lloyd. Yeah, you know, it's bold play. You know, going right <laughs> at it day one straight after the presser. But, you know, I respect it. Respect the man. Yeah, I respect it too. Um, that's uh, That was funny. I caught that. He's a, well, listen, you've heard me say it. I tweeted after I saw the, that night. as It's like you get so impressed with some of these guys, right? And uh, if, if you're listening to our show and you don't have kids yet, um, if you're whatever, in your 20s, you're not there yet, especially the teenage years. You know, I'm in my 40s now. We've got teenage kids. And you look at these guys, and I've covered this now for over 20 years, close to 25 years, and you're impressed with some people along the way, right? I mean, my favorite guy all the time probably is Calais Campbell. He's just an unbelievable person and, and, and how he holds himself and what he says and does and, and a phenomenal player, and he's well-grounded and all these things. But he had been around it. You know, he's like 30-something years old at the time that he's playing here in Jacksonville. You take a guy like Trevor, and Trevor, they had said this about him when we went to Cartersville and visited and then you get a guy like Lloyd and some of the experiences he's been through, totally different than Trevor, uh, military family, uh, the deaths of, of those two players certainly changed uh, probably everyone on that Utah team and hardened them in a different way that, that can't be explained. But the way these guys carry themselves, and I keep saying, like, the way you feel these guys, Trevor is just like this. The maturity at 22 years old, Devin Lloyd at, in the early 20s, at, and his maturity, but confidence and all this stuff, it's very impressive. And I don't know if I realize it more now because I do have teenage kids, and you're like, I wonder what they're going to be like in five years. Probably not like that. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I think, too, this is a, a philosophy of mine that – I believe these kids thrown into the spotlight so early, like Lloyd, who's a very talented kid in high school, probably junior high, and especially Trevor, who he's been, you know, ballyhooed since he was in seventh grade. They're forced to grow up faster. You know, so Trevor has been dealing this, with this for some seven, eight, nine years of his life now. Like, he feels more like a 35-year-old guy under this kind of pressure and in these situations then maybe somebody else who, maybe even like a Trayvon Walker who's more of a late bloomer, has gone under the radar or uh, doesn't have a microphone in his face all the time, all those things. So it's just a fascinating deal, uh, but impressive young men. And I think today's generation gets kind of crushed sometimes. I, I think they're, some of them and, and many of them are forced to grow up even faster because of phones and um, being kind of more you know, in the spotlight, if you will, even if you're not great at something, uh, and and maybe sometimes learning the hard way. But 
these guys are fantastic examples of, I mean, shoot, you'd think they were 35, 40 years old the way they handle themselves. It's, it's really terrific. Uh, we said it all last year. I mean, the 22-year-old quarterback you'd rather listen to to feel better about the organization than the 58-year-old head coach. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Like, that was real. And I think a Lloyd is kind of like that, too. Uh, doesn't make him a great football player, by the way. But it, there's something about it that's very cool um, and, and really can help in a locker room and, and uh, maybe turn this thing around and flip this thing around and give it uh, just like a sense of professionalism um, that maybe was lacking even last year uh, in that building. So it'll be, it'll be exciting to watch. And by the way, I also don't think everybody has to be like that. I always bring up Jameis Winston, you know, when he was jumping on tables at Florida State and stuff. And I, I, Jameis Winston, I had his back in this sense. And I mean, he did some foolish things. But he also was like a 19-year-old kid in the spotlight where everybody's clamoring about him. And everybody's like, you're the best, and you're the greatest, and you're this, and the responsibilities and the pressures and everything at 19. And we expect every kid to maybe act the way Trevor does or maybe Devin Lloyd does or... You know, when Winston was coming out of it, like Tebow was, and how Tebow handled things at his age. Well, I always said this about Winston. I think Winston, with all the pressures that he had and all the stuff that he had to come out and do the right thing and say the right thing every single day of his life would have been hard for a 37-year-old guy at that time. Forget about a 19-year-old guy. So I think there's a lot on these these young men and, um, and and young women, too, athletes uh, that are in the spotlight. And and now we all have this self-righteousness, too, and we've seen some of these great examples of it, and we've seen some really bad examples of it. Uh, but the bottom line is it's a mixed bag, and people mature at different times. And um, I do think maybe that is a quality that the Jaguars were looking for here in these last couple of drafts, and especially this draft, the maturity uh, about some of these players because they knew that it wasn't going to be easy in Jacksonville. It's not going to always be good. You're not just going to always be winning. And so how are you going to handle the rough spells, the rough situations? Uh, and they need people to handle them the way Trevor did last year. And uh, certainly a guy like Devin Lloyd, who we just caught up with, he's had to handle some really difficult situations in his life in the last year and a half uh, with teammates passing away. And so you got to believe he'd be able to handle a three-game losing streak probably pretty well. Yeah. So uh, fascinating psychology of it, at least uh, from, from my vantage point, uh, getting to know some of these, uh, these young players on the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We'll hear from Jim Irsay, who's still ticked off about the loss of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think you're going to love this one, Jags fans. We'll be back on ESPN 690 right after this. It just matures you. Um, coming in from my rookie year, and especially coming in from the college, from the university I came in from, and walking into that and then going straight into 17, I mean, it's just kind of like, it seemed like it, that's how it would be every year. Um, you go from, you know what I'm saying, winning, and then we had a, a great year in 17 as well. But I know um, kind of, you know, the years followed that was kind of, you know, up up and down, roller coaster. So I think it just kind of kind of taught me um, maturity, uh, discipline, and just how to just keep my head down and just, you know what I'm saying, just grind my way through it. 
That is Cam Robinson signs that contract extension today. He'll be with Jacksonville for another three years at least. Brent Martino, Casey Kurtz back on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Uh, if you're hearing some noise behind us, it's because uh, we've got a baseball game. We're down at Creekside High School, District 7A playoffs. So uh, not just Creekside. In fact, they're not playing right now. Uh, Flagler Palm Coast against Mandarin in a 3-6 game. Bartram Trail and uh, Sandal would have buys into tomorrow's semifinals. And uh, later today will be Creekside against Oakleaf. Uh, no score as we are in the bottom of the second here between Flagler Palm Coast and Mandarin. So uh, a little baseball tonight, a little fishing right now. Florida Sportsman Fishing Report. Let's get in Captain Rick Rouse. Hope you had a nice weekend, man. How you doing? Oh, we sure did, Brent. It was a great weekend. A little rough for the smaller boats, uh, but yesterday it started laying down. Uh, quite a few boats have started out into a choppy sea. Found a little better sea once they got further offshore, and the fish bit very well. That mahi bite continues to be the best I've seen it in for years. Plenty tuna to go with it. There's been some sailfish, even a blue norm. The offshore guys are very happy. Like it is for them. It'll be a happy probably tomorrow. But by Thursday, it is going to lay out. I can't wait to get there. So there's plenty with me. No. Captain Rick, it sounds like to me it's good to be a big red snapper. Life is not bad, if that's the case for you. Uh, Florida Sports and Fishing Report each and every day with Captain Rick. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging through that one. Uh, uh, Captain Rick's phone was a, a little breaking up, but uh, still get your fishing report each and every day. Uh, speaking of a report, how about Pat McAfee's show? Jim Ursay, Colts owner on the show, I assume today. Yep. And... Um, he is still not over and probably will never be over the Jaguars beating the Colts to keep him out of the playoffs, which I just give you right now two and a half minutes maybe on a Monday so you can smile while Jim Versay continues to cry. Here it is. Are you pissed, Jim? Jim, were you pissed? They were dressed like clowns in the stands. They were dressed like clowns, Jim. They were dressed like clowns down there, Jim. Well, I, I, I can't say I have the words to say what I was. You know, it, it just... You know, just just thank God I'm a law-abiding citizen, and, and uh, you know <laughs> that it wasn't medieval times. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, it's just like you know, just just you know, it was beyond you know, pissed and bewilderment. I, you know, honestly, I don't think I, I'd ever. I mean, I've experienced some losses in the last half century. You know, some really tough losses. But I don't. I've never been through anything like that. Really, I, I've never. I mean, you know, sure, we're all set up, and we lose at home to Pittsburgh or San Diego, and Peyton's here when you know we're winning oh. 13, 14 games or something. You know, after a bye week and everything. And I mean, that's you know super tough. And and you know, losing to New Orleans in the Super Bowl, obviously, those are always 
you just never get over that. But but this was different. I, I had never experienced anything like this. I mean, because again, you have to remember the game wasn't even close. I, I mean, it wasn't even, I mean, we weren't even competitive, and to make it even seem worse. They won and still got the first big <laughs> I mean, You know, I, I mean, it's just like, how do you even, there's no logic. It's like, you know, two and two equals seven. I mean, it's like, what? I mean, I mean, I thought I'd seen everything. I thought, I, I mean, you knew there was a ghost in the machine. I mean, that's not a question of, of being a little bit, you know, well, we were a little, I don't know why we were a little flat today. Flat? Flat? I, that, I mean, that is not flat. I don't, I don't have a word for what it is, but, you know, I, it just, it, you know, flat doesn't do it. You know, it's just, you know, it, it, it really was something, um, honestly, it was something. I mean, you know, after the Raider game, it was so hard because you're eight-point favorites at home. And they wanted, that's where you got to get it. You really want to clinch that there. But everyone is just figuring, well, you know, thank God, you know, we get to go to Jacksonville, you know. And, and again, it wasn't even competitive. I mean, you understand what I'm saying. I, mean, I wish I was in there. Hey, Jim, I do know what you're saying because I was having the same exact thoughts that you were probably having. You just so happened to be the owner. <laughs> that is a terrific couple of minutes by the way gotta give Dorsey Ursay this credit he is he says it how it is now I mean the whole of this wasn't even close that he said earlier then he repeated it right at the end and they still got the number one pick that is just fascinating yeah. um and just tremendous stuff so it's it's a really weird situation Casey it's like they are basically telling you how bad Jacksonville was Yes, correct. You know, like, they can't, they still can't believe, like, that they lost that game because Jacksonville was so bad in their mind and that they overlooked them so much and they never expected Jacksonville to play that way. And so I think all those things, it's like you can't get over it. And, by the way, if anybody's ever played sports, you kind of have been in that situation before, right, where you sure. just don't, you're like, I can't believe we just lost to them, right? Like, how did we come out so flat? How did we play so poorly? And, but every time you keep saying, it's like it's not like we lost on a 59-yard field goal. We weren't even in it. Like, it was over at the end of the third quarter. <laughs> like it, I love how it bothers him. Yeah, I love it, too. It's kind of crazy. Like, McAfee, I get it because, like, he can use it as content. But, like, if you're Jim Ursay, like, it's cool. It's funny. But, like, at some point, don't you have to move on, like, with your life, you know? Like, yeah. it's unbelievable. But, like, you're bringing – salt to the wound by continuously bringing up on a show that hundreds of thousands of people watch. You know what I mean? Like, maybe just let it go and move on. But you want to keep bringing it up. Awesome for us. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I love listening to it. But if you're him, like, why not just stop? Yeah, well, I think a little bit of this is because I believe, and we'll see if it gets in their psyche too much, but we see this all the time in, in college football, like in that weight room, right, all off season, right? Right now in the off-season conditioning program, are they going to play that game, put that score up? Is that what is littered in the building inside Indianapolis? I, I don't know. Do you turn the page on that, or is that, like, the motivation for all the guys that were there? A little tricky, I think, in the NFL because you have so many guys that, are coming in new, right? Like, I mean, Gus Bradley's a new defensive coordinator. He didn't participate in that game. Matt Ryan was with Atlanta. He didn't participate in that game. So I don't know how they play it up, but it has a little bit of a feel that it will go down as kind of like, again, like, uh, you know, when when 
the, the stomp and celebration of Georgia beating Florida that year. I think they played that thing nonstop with Urban Meyer in Florida the next year in their offseason until they got here and started beating them and then called timeouts. Right. You know? So, like, I don't know. The NFL doesn't feel like they use that kind of stuff like the college game does. But I got a feeling this one might be used that way. And it'll be interesting if you hear stories of, of how that game is used in motivation or reminder, or uh, whether it's in the offseason, going into the season, or even in the season, if they're in a similar case <laughs> next year, whether it's against Jacksonville or anyone else. So uh, just thought that was fascinating. Uh, and, and he was good on it, man. I mean, he is good. I, yeah. I know a lot of people don't like Ursay, but he's uh, he's really good on that situation. Hey, a couple things uh, outside of the sport of football. How good was that Golden State-Memphis game? I mean, that, yeah. I don't find myself, to be honest with you, locked into too many NBA games, especially on, like, a Sunday afternoon. That was really good. Yeah, it was really good. It's going to be a good series, hopefully, and hopefully it can uh, go all seven games. I don't know if it will, but, yeah, it was a great start to the series. Um, Memphis is really good. Obviously, Golden State was a little better, but uh, I think it's going to be super exciting to watch. I don't know, though. I, I, I feel like... I feel like Memphis could already be in big trouble because I think they got a lot of breaks in that game from Draymond Green getting ejected to right. a couple of, like, balls that went off Golden State or maybe not the jump. I thought they got a lot of breaks to miss free throws by Clay Thompson. Um, and it's like if they didn't win that game, what game are they going to win? I, I've got a little – I mean, Ja played pretty well. Uh, I will say this, that was a beautifully designed play at the end, and I think John Moran makes that shot like seven out of ten times. Right. And so, I don't know. I do wonder. I have this little curiosity now. Like, is this really going to be a good series, or is this going to be 4-1 Golden State because of the way that game turned out? Yeah, I think I think Memphis will win games in the series. Like, I think Memphis is good enough to do it. Um, John Morant, he was good. Could he be better? Probably. Um I, I think Memphis will find ways to win games, but they found ways to lose games against Minnesota. Like, it's just the nature of it. Um, I, I think they will win games in this series. Like, I, I understand the point you're trying to make, but I think they're good enough to win some games. Uh, anything else? Uh, obviously, uh, the Bucks uh, beat the Celtics, and Giannis was really good, and they're going to try to play defense the way they did against Durant, but it's a little tougher against Giannis, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot tougher. Uh, yeah. Giannis was good, and they're going to need him. Obviously, the Celtics. I'm not. I'm definitely not giving up on the Celtics just after one game. But Giannis is a freak for literally the term that they use about him. So uh, he's very good. They're going to have to adjust how they defend him because the Durant method is not going to work. And that's going to be a good series as well because Boston is going to win games. I don't think. I don't think either of those are going to be sweeps. I think they're going to be long series. But if I had to bet which series would be longer, I'd probably go Celtics Bucks. NHL playoffs start tonight, right? Yeah, tonight, uh, Lightning don't love the situation there, and they play the Maple Leafs in the first round. However, this is the Stanley Cup playoffs, so the Maple Leafs will obviously forget how to play hockey and be golfing relatively soon. But at the end of the day, Matthews had an incredible season. Austin Matthews had an incredible season. Uh, I don't love where the Lightning are, to be honest with you. Uh, there are other teams in it that I don't care about. Uh, I'm mostly locked into the Lightning, but don't love where they are. Uh, the East is, I think the East is going to be an interesting spot. Hurricanes are good. Obviously, Florida, the Bruins are hanging around. Then you got Tampa and Toronto. So, really like the teams in the East and then the West. 
uh, Colorado will disappoint somehow. And I'm not sure who will end up in the finals because it seems like every year something weird happens, like the Stars go or Montreal goes. Like someone random comes out of the West a lot. So we'll see how that plays out, but the East is going to be tough. All right, a couple more quick hitters here. Iceman uh, will be home, will play Friday, Saturday. They don't know if they'll be home or on the road, but first game of the next series is Friday. Second game is Saturday. Uh, it's still to be determined because Florida, uh, the Everblades, and the Greenville Swamp Rabbits are uh, still going on, and it depends home and away who wins that series. Uh, the first woman woman to start in uh, Atlantic, well, really, minor league baseball, right? Yeah. The Atlantic League yesterday. I saw this headline. Didn't read too much on the story. You probably saw more of it. What's the significance here? Um, I think a lot. Um, in terms of, like, significance in general, it's just one of those things where if you're good, it, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, right? So she's good. She played. Um, I think it opens the door for a lot of possibilities. Good for the Atlantic League to let this happen. Um I think it's just a cool story, and we'll see this kind of stuff going forward. Now we obviously have female coaches in Major League Baseball, and that's obviously extremely important. And now you potentially have female players. So I think it's like a cool uh, aspect of where it could go from here. Yeah, and by the way, like uh, there are talented female like baseball players. I know softball becomes a thing, but I, I would think we saw it, right, uh, with um, uh, what was her name, Monet Yes, Davis, was yes, that her name? Correct. Um, in Little League, that was at an early age, and there was a lot of girls at an early age that can play. I mean, even some play, like, in travel ball in high school still, you know. Yeah. Uh, not many more in high school because of softball, but you'll see it at 13, 14 years old, and they're good players. And so I, I guess it doesn't astonish me that that could happen. I just feel like from a positional standpoint, it's probably going to happen, like, if somebody's got an unbelievable arm throwing the, the baseball. Um, if we ever see that someday. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to peg, like, a position that's most likely to see a female enter, like, the big leagues. Yeah, I I think pitcher's a fair a fair call there. I mean, that uh, I, I, I like that as the position that it would be because, to your point, if you can pitch, you can pitch. Like, there's all kinds of different ways to pitch. You don't have to throw the hardest. You can have good stuff. You can locate. Like, there's so many ways to pitch in baseball. Obviously, the headlines are the guys that throw 100, but not everybody does that. So I think that would be the spot to me that you might see that uh, if that were to happen. All right, one more thing. Uh, Francisco Lindor, you saw it last night. That ESPN is really – I'm surprised they've been able to do this as, in this Sunday night baseball game. But they're miking up players, and uh, Kiki Hernandez was outstanding. Yeah, the, the one time the Red Sox had it. I didn't see it the next week, whoever they had. I think it was Ozzy Al- Albies. It was. And, um, now Francisco Lindor. It, I thought of something yesterday because they're like, "How watch Francisco Lindor as he's answering a question? He feels a, a rocket right off the bat of whoever at 102 miles an hour and starts a double play." And I'm like, oh, that was kind of cool, right? Yeah. But this is going to get like they're gonna they're gonna get rid of this like boom in a snap of a finger when Francisco Lindor boots it in that situation. Because he's answering a question, right? Yeah, probably. Hopefully not because it's so good. Like you you complain as not you, but like national media or whoever, like you complain you don't know the stars of baseball, and you've been given Albies, who is such a good personality. Lindor is one of the best personalities in the sport. Hernandez is also a good one. So when you get this opportunity to like showcase some of these guys and grow the fan base, like you have to continue to grow it. But to your point, yeah, let one – one even minor inconvenience happened, and I'm sure it gets shut down. 
Yeah, that's what I was. I was just like, okay, I'm not sure they're going to sign up for this. But if you're off for growing the game, I agree with you. Get your stars out there. And by the way, you're getting guys of all different ethnic backgrounds that yeah. are that are you're putting a microphone on. I think that's really cool. And like, I take somebody like. Um, this is myself who's been around the game baseball a long time, but even somebody like Ty, right? Ty's a he's a pretty smart and savvy around the game of baseball. It helps him out. Mm-hmm. But I think when those guys talk, you actually every time I see one of those guys talk, learn something about like what they're doing in that moment, their approach, and it's so high level that it's something you wouldn't learn in high school or or maybe even college. Yeah, and I you, you can actually learn the game. Like I remember that from the All Star Game interviews, because the, they'll like Joe Buck would ask like, okay, what are you thinking here? What are you thinking there? And like you actually can pick up knowledge of the game. So I think it's fantastic for kids and probably baseball players of all ages to listen into some of that stuff and to your point, be able to go buy a jersey and and fall in love with the player and be like, this guy's cool. And so there's a lot of different things that I think are positive about it. I just hope something bad doesn't happen, like an error that they say, okay, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah, hopefully not, because I think it's, it's awesome. I think it's awesome, and there's always going to be, like, those first couple guys. Well, I guess Kiki Hernandez is not necessarily a guy that you know. Um, no, not really. You got to know him, though. That was different. Exactly. Like, okay, I kind of like Kiki a little more now, even though he's, like, one for his first 20. Well, yeah, exactly, and that's I think that's part of it, because then you're going to go to, you know, who's whoever's next on Sunday Night Baseball. Like, if they ever do the Rays, right, I can tell you it's going to be Brett Phillips, who's going to be mic'd up if he's playing sure. that night, obviously. And that'll that'll grow his legend even more. So I think there's there's guys on every team that you don't necessarily know that would probably be really good in that situation. So hopefully we're able to have that continuously uh, throughout the season. All right. Uh, so uh, some quick hitters. Let's get back to football to end the show here uh, for now. Then Action Sports Jacks OT comes up. Uh, Casey Kurtz, Brian Middleton, 6 o'clock until 7 o'clock. No Jumbo Shrimp on a Monday. They'll be back in action tomorrow on ESPN 690. We are back from St. John's County Creekside High School. Mandarin leads 3 to nothing over Flagler Palm Coast in the District 7A quarterfinal game. More baseball coming up later tonight. More baseball and softball all over the area this week. If you want to catch a game, look it up. Uh, there's a lot of good ball being played. We'll be right back on ESPN 690. So, so here's the thing. Look at their whole team as as a whole. You got Drake London, big-bodied, physical wide receiver next to Kyle Pitts, who's obviously incredibly strong and fast as well. And now you've got a quarterback who's aggressive inside the pocket but can also yeah. do design runs really well outside of it. If you squint hard enough, it's kind of the Tennessee Titans, and you see the vision that Arthur Smith is building Great in point. Atlanta finally. Sounds like Mina Kimes to me. You betcha. Well, we have to talk a lot about the draft today. We've talked a lot about the draft for the last five months. Now what? Yeah, I was wondering that too, actually. Uh, but the Jags, it looks like a May 13th and 14th rookie minicamp, and then they'll have OTAs after that, and then they'll have the mandatory minicamp, and then they've got a shortened summer because they come back early for um, uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame game, and they'll, they'll start uh, their training camp earlier than others because of that. So, uh, you know, it's not that far from kind of getting going here. I mean, we've got a three months that I always say I hope goes super slow. But we're only three months away from, really less than three months away from it all happening uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Schedule comes out May 12th for the Jags, too. So that will be something to keep an eye on. And then we can all make pretend we know how the Jags are going to finish. And we Sweet. have no idea uh, who, how everybody's going to be. Yep, um, sounds about right. So we got 10 days to figure that one out. 
Yeah, we got 10 days. So Sweet. get that ready to go. And, and what, here's what I love, too. This is something that's goofy about our business, right? So we will wait until the schedule actually comes out to pick the record of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yet we already we know, know who yeah. they're playing. <laughs> so, like, so, like, it matters if the Jags are playing, like, Indianapolis on November 3rd. <laughs> if we're going to give them a win or a loss. Yes. Rather than a September 18th. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's idiotic. Well, you know, I mean, I'd at least like to know who they're playing at home in September. Yeah, that that plays a bit of a role. I, I would like say a minimum long, role, road I trips, long road trips and, and stuff. And London? That's, yeah, you know what? Here's what we should do, okay? Okay. We're going to do this. And I don't know if a lot of people do this or not. Okay. But we're going to do it. We're going to say, we're going to pick the Jags record. On like May, what's May 12th? What's that date? What's tomorrow? 3rd, 10th. So the 12th, I better know tomorrow. It's Steph's birthday. Uh, the 12th is next Thursday. That is correct. Okay. So on next Wednesday, before the schedule comes out, or maybe even on Thursday, because actually the schedule really comes out like at night. Mm-hmm. And so then we could do this. We'll pick them on Friday. Okay. But I want to pick before I know the dates what the Jags record is. And then I want to do it after I know the dates. And I want to see if there's any difference in what I pick. I like it. All right? Yeah. I'll put. The, I'll write that down on the calendar. Please do. Um, so here we go. This is just, by the way, folks, we, we, we bring you into our production meetings about what we're doing on the show. These are the meetings, literally, yeah. This is it. Mm-hmm. This is what goes on. So it's just live on the radio. You know, we, we, busy people, by the way, uh, don't bury the lead there. What's, what's the plans for tomorrow? Um, hopefully Creekside wins tonight, and we have two semifinal games in softball and baseball for Steph's birthday. That's all she would want to do anyway is watch baseball and softball. You know, so you guys are good parents. That's just what it is. Yeah. Selfless. You know, selfless? Yeah, selfless. Yeah, we don't care about the birthdays that much. Steph's good about it. I won't get her anything. Uh, well, that's not good. Uh, I mean, maybe we get, like, see, but if I get, like, bunt cakes now... Now, because uh, I love those things, it's like a drug. Yep. But if I get them, now it's going to look like I'm getting them for myself and not her. That is true. Yeah. Because I like them so much. Does she like them? Now, I've also gone to, like, the donut shop before, which is over in Arlington, and I'll get the uh, apple fritters. Huh? But that takes, like, getting up at, like, 6 in the morning to get back in time. Like, that's a hefty ask. Like, it's her birthday, but, I mean, come on. Yeah, and apple fritters doesn't sound great. That's like some she likes, or it's good. Well, those things are really good. Okay. Um, or maybe we'll just go out to lunch. I don't know. I haven't thought about it much. All right, my birthday's in a few weeks. We'll celebrate together. Okay, I like it. Or I'll just make the kids do something so that at least it feels like she got something. Perfect. You got it all planned out, Brad. Yeah. No, I really don't. But oh, I know. Thankfully, she's not listening. Unconfirmed, so. but yeah. All right, Action Sports Shacks OT coming up. Uh, we'll have some highlights of Mandarin Flag with Palm Coast tonight on CBS 47 and Fox 30. Uh, if Ty hits a home run, we'll have some highlights of that, too. <laughs> don't don't plan on it. Um, almost we'll the other night, more. though. Yeah, almost. It went foul. Uh, we'll be back. Some Action Sports Shacks OT tonight with Casey and Brian. And then back at it at 3 o'clock tomorrow on ESPN 690. Have a good night, everybody.